welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. Court is in session. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who once violated the Prime Directive so badly, even Captain Girk himself blushed. Mr. Drew Celestino. Wow. Number one, new opening. Only took us 10 episodes, 11 episodes to have a new uh, it, opening to the show. It, uh, it occurred to me that if I'm saying court's adjourned, why am I not saying court is in session? Fair enough. Yes. And uh, fitting, it is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Yes, I like to be topical with your introductions so as best I can. Y'all don't know, the prime directive is the Federation's prime directive. It's the first tenant of, of their belief system, so they cannot interfere with uh, a species that is not ready to be interfered with. Yeah. I've never read the, like, I'm sure there is a full, like, detailed... Oh, sure. Prime Directive. Sure, I've, sure. I've never read it. I like Star Trek. I'm not as much a Star Trek fan as, say, I am a Star Wars fan. Okay. Um, but, yeah, 50 years. That's that's pretty awesome. Last uh, 20 or so haven't been the greatest, but, you know, it's it's we're, we're, tr- we're trucking along. Ups and downs. Strikes and gutters. Ups and downs. There you go. How yeah. was your week, sir? It's okay. Uh, I'm trying to think back all the way to last, last weekend. This is uh, the new way we do things. I don't want to forget anything. I want to make sure I get everything on yeah, my yeah. ducks in a row here. So uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, pretty good week. Had a big uh, party at my old man's uh, for Labor Day, which was a good time. Cool. Many um, beers were had. Um, and I also finished inside completely, 100%ed. That, nice. Yes. Different, so, different ending? Um, if you can find it, yeah. Which I had to do a little homework on how to find it. Ah, uh, to, I'll tell you this. Consult your well, your most recent issue of Game Pro. Uh, no. Get them pro tips. I was an I was an EGM kind of guy, but I was both. Game Pro was okay too. Uh, no, actually, um, if you just follow the clues in the uh, trophies, you can view trophies. You know, in yeah, yeah. The PlayStation Four. If you just view the names in uh, the trophies, you can figure out where all the hidden orbs are. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily tell you where the final ending is so it's eh, it's easy enough to find if you can find the orbs but even when you find the location of where the alternate ending is there's another layer to it and that is when i had to consult sources on how to access it because it is fairly cryptic gotcha not super cryptic but cryptic enough to where, like, if you're not really paying attention, it's very easy to m- miss the connection that you need to make. Yeah. So, in any case, um, as is the rest of the game, and the I think, I, like I said, the ending of the game, the alternate ending of the game is just another layer of, well, what does that mean? <laughs> so, gotcha. lots of uh, depth and uh, lots of... Uh, mystery and uh meaning to be pondered with inside cool also been playing a lot of shadow complex so that's been a lot of my week as well enjoying that shadow you complex show me great. that after the show because i i don't think i know what shadow complex is okay i'll, so, I'll yeah i will show you i am according to you almost done with inside I you're close if i, I recall got, you're close i got stuck on a, a part last night that gave many rages 
Yeah, uh, so I, I, got, so I got the text. <laughs> I decided to uh, to put the controller down, walk away. I can maybe walk you through that today. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I don't so, want to spoil it for you. No, that's fine. So aside from inside the rest of your week, Shadow Complex. Um, um, you know, wrestling. <laughs> cool. That's that's really about it. It's been uh been a been a week. It's been a week. How's that cold doing? Cold is gone. Excellent. For the most part. Yeah, I'm basically over it now. So now my excuses for not, like, you know, working out and things, I have no more. So <laughs> I have to actually do things now. I've been uh, lazy enough nursing the cold. Damn so. you exercise. Yeah. Enemy. Yeah. That's it's okay. Cool. How about you? What's going on? Uh, overtime at work. Uh, overtime work pretty much kills ambition to do much. Once I come home from work. So once I come home I from work, you. I just want to like, I just want to sit down, like kind of defrag for a little bit. I want to hold my son who I haven't gotten to see for 10 hours instead of eight. Um, so yeah, played again, played a lot of inside. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Got a, got a friend's kid's birthday party this coming weekend. So, and he always puts on my friend, Brian, he always puts on really great uh birthday parties he will goes, there be a bounce house there might be a bounce house all right um but no brian should legitimately open a kid's birthday party planning business because like his his son you brendan don't, you don't get put on a watch list if you do that hey you know uh, possibly um his son brendan like decides what he wants the theme to be brendan's getting a little older now so the past couple of years have just been video games yeah but like the first year was video games brian built a pac-man board and had like cardboard ghosts and pac-man <laughs> and designed a game that people could actually play like one year brendan wanted harry potter so brian built a hogwarts in his backyard brian is like for the little funds he has to do these things with and we joke around because there's always a pinata. And one year he built a Mjolnir, which for those of you not in the know, is Thor's hammer. It's it's what um, it's what Darcy calls meow meow. Yes, and funny you should mention that. Cat Dennings gonna come up a little later. Cat Dennings or Darcy? Yes. Cat Dennings. All right. Um, Something else might be coming up later. We, <laughs> calm yourself, sir. It's funny because he built it for a pinata. And he, Brian's a very, very handy dude. We're, you know, he works part-time at Home Depot and knows much about the constructions of stuff. And this, this Mjolnir is, you literally have to be worthy to lift it. it was like, <laughs> we saw little kids trying to lift it and they would get it over their shoulders and instantly fall backwards. He's like, you know, maybe I made this a bit too heavy. Once the, the third kid started bleeding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we That's had pretty a much how it went. Hands. That is pretty much how it went. <laughs> so, yeah, um, nothing too outrageous i have the majority of this upcoming week off of work uh which glorious is, yes i go in monday and then i'm off for the rest of the week oh no overtime on monday um because it is my lovely wife julie's birthday so you take the week, week off she took the week off so i was like all right i'll take the week off too she well okay her parents go to um uh, was it myrtle beach mm-hmm. for the week so she usually she usually takes this week off. Originally, it started out she would take the week off to help out with her grandmother. Um, her grandmother has since passed, and then she just kind of stuck. It was just like a week that she would take off. Now, especially with the baby, um, that's one less set of 
you know, one less mother we have watching the baby while we work. Gotcha. So she's like, all right, I'll just take this week off. And I'm like, mm, okay, I'll do it too. So I kind of surprised. So how many that. days into this before you kill each other? Not. Uh, mm. That's a good question. Because uh, whereas I love my wife and can tolerate her of course, constantly. Of course. Um, there have been numerous times that I've had a week off and she hasn't had a week off. But she works from home. Like day two or day three, I'm getting yelled at to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, understand. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that's the that's the week uh, that's been the week coming up. Uh, Julie, happy birthday. Love you very much. Did you want to say happy birthday to my wife? Happy birthday, Julie. Right. Actually, yeah, by the time this goes on the internet, yeah, it, it will be, be yeah, it will wow. be the day before her birthday. Time and space. Her birthday is September fifteenth. All right. So yeah. Sweet. All right. So we're keeping the uh keeping the, the weeks kinda kinda light and quick. Yeah. This week. Um Last being, week's episode was gargantuan. We need to I I know we were we we promised content and we delivered, but my God. It wasn't that bad. I listened to it. You know, day it came out because <laughs> I like the sound of my own voice. No, I'm just kidding. Quality control. We want to make sure. Yeah, well, it's you like, have to. It's like watching film when you're on a sports team. Your previous week's game. Oh yeah, we work hard. We do so hard, so hard, so much preparation, so much prep. Film, uh, uh, training camps. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's 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 brutal. I'm winded. And you know what? Sometimes we have to suggest to each other if we want to make a change in the show, or you. The awesome listener. If you want to make a suggestion to the show, or if you want to communicate with us, we will communicate back to you as you're going to see momentarily. Uh Uh-oh. You can reach us at the following sources. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do or search the Devil's Do and like our page on Facebook. Or you can send us a question, comment, or suggestion at the devil's do pod at gmail.com and oh boy drew yeah the mailbox is full so well, like, it's not like, like, like it's two, not like legitimately like two full. messages no oh. no 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 sir we're gonna this is gonna be a whole segment this time around this isn't just jay asking a couple questions but which we do have questions from jay so the stenographer that's, will be busy uh, that's uh, just yeah that's what we got hey it's like almost your whole iphone screen there yeah wow all right and that's this is an iphone 6 plus so that's that's a considerable screen yeah i mean you know it it would be it would be less full but it's more full because hang on what am i trying to say here i don't know well i'm i'm lost in the forest and I'm hearing sounds I don't understand. What where where are you taking? I had a I had a headphone jack uh, pun oh, to throw in there, but I I got nothing here. Two two companies who I enjoy to support their products both announced new products this week. Both products made me go, "What the hell?" As a Apple uh, and Sony, as a product agnostic except for Nintendo, um, I I generally loathe Apple, and I generally, I'll be honest, I generally loathe Sony as well, but I can't deny the PlayStation 4 is a superior console at the moment. I watched both of those press conferences and the news coming out of them just going like, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. What, yeah. what are you doing? Just, just you're bad. reinforcing everything that I hate about you. Yeah. Good job, guys. Way to go. <laughs> Android user over here, so I don't really care. You, no, that's have, fine. have fun with all that. To each their own. Absolutely. So this email box. This, oh, dude, we got a full box. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's, it's yes <laughs> okay dude. felt a little tight in here i wasn't sure hey now okay we're gonna start obviously chronologically all right 
Um, our first email comes from a good friend of mine who I mentioned on the previous week's show because I just went and saw him renew his vows with his wife, with his wife, Mr. Wives? Manuel <laughs> Marin, or Manny, as I call him. Okay. Now, Manny hasn't necessarily sent in a question. Manny's been listening to the show recently, just kind of, because he's got a long commute. He lives on Staten Island, sure. works in New York City. So he's We're got, great at killing time. He's got commute time to, to listen to the show. He may not have always been paying attention because he never quite, now granted, you haven't mentioned it a ton, but you have mentioned it that you are married. I am. I, I keep the personal he, stuff to a minimum if I can. He may, he may have, have missed that because Manny sends in, is Drew aware the latest BuzzFeed reports of Kat Denning's recent bout of singleness and her track record of enjoying the company of long-haired musicians? Sincerely, awkwardly curious in Staten Island. Manny, buddy, I appreciate your concern. This news uh, does does make me perk up a bit. But uh, I'm noticing uh, I, I don't want to get divorced. So no, divorce is um, bad. I'll give I'll give Miss Denning the old tip of the hat and uh, we'll be on our way. All righty. Skillfully. Done. That's yeah. The next question is from the aforementioned Mrs. Duty. Uh, Julie sent in a question saying, hi, Carl and Drew. If you could cast your own Batman movie, who would you cast in the following roles, and what is your favorite Batman villain? Oh, boy. So the roles she has listed are Batman, Robin, Joker, Catwoman, and Riddler. Okay. Um, right off the bat, Riddler. Unlike Batman, I have no prep time here, so go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, right off the bat, Riddler, uh, Michael Emerson. Yes. Yeah. I approve. He played yes. uh, Line, Ben Linus in Lost. Yes. That's a great, um, he's great on, pull. Yeah, he's on that Missing Person show and also did the voice of the Joker in the Dark Knight Returns animated film. Interesting. Not sure if I hear, hear it that, but but as the Riddler, that would be spot on. I I'm, am still shocked you have not watched that film because... Peter Weller! Peter Weller voices Batman. Robocop voices Batman. I know, And I it know. is easily, easily the best Batman movie ever made. All right. Covering all live action as well. Wow. All right, so... Um, hmm. I probably should. We probably should. Probably should have prepped for this. Yeah, yeah, probably. As far as favorite Batman villain, um, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Unfortunately, he hasn't been done in any way currently that resembles the Mr. Freeze I know and love. Uh, Heart of Ice, man. That yeah. I, I would agree with you, actually. That's probably, it's got to be my favorite, too. Yeah. Just if, because of friggin' Heart of Ice. If I was an executive <laughs> at Warner Brothers and I wanted to make a Batman movie, I would just hire Paul Dini, say, here's a boatload of money, <laughs> go make a feature-length movie of Heart of Ice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so hang on, what, what are those? Let's run the... Run. Batman, Robin, Joker, Catwoman, and Riddler. Batman. Uh, top of my head, John Hamm. Good chin. Yeah. Big guy. I would cast him first as Superman, but if I couldn't get Ooh, him for Superman. Yeah, good call. Good call. If I couldn't get it's him for Superman, call. I'd get him as Batman. Okay, next. That was Batman. Robin. Robin. Um, I'm not hip to the kids these days, so I don't really know. So my instinct says... Uh, off the top, <laughs> Disney Channel actor C. Top of my head, uh, just get the kid who played uh, the lead kid on Stranger Things. Okay, going like really young Robin. Yeah, sure. All right. OG Robin. Okay. Make yeah, him Damian Wayne if you want. No, I'm... Hey, I don't care. I'm I'm fine with that. But yeah, there you go. That's Robin. Okay. Keep going. Uh, Joker? 
Um, ooh, Joker, Joker, Joker. I have I have pulls for this. I know I do in the deepest, darkest recesses of my mind. All um, the actors who I've wanted to play Joker are too old. Right yeah. Now. Like, I, like, back in the day, like, when he first came on the scene, I thought Vince Vaughn would have made a really great Joker. Yeah, like, I kinda... think Swingers Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. He'd be so money. <laughs> so money. <laughs> um... Actually, you know what, though? If I was to cast a legitimate Dark Knight Returns movie, you know who I'd cast as Joker? Christopher Walken. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And All right. There go the dog. That's okay. That's, that's part of the show now. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way it is. Uh, joke, I'd have to, I'd have to do some, uh, some th- thinking on the Joker. I yeah. can't. Um, yeah, keep going. Just rapid fire. Uh, Catwoman. Um, Mila Kunis? No. I'm just firing off the top of my head here. Yeah. Um... Mm, crap. I liked Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. I'm sorry. I did. Yeah, she was okay. She was great. You heard her giant mouth. Um, she Hathaway about her. I see what you did there. Um, Sure. I don't know actresses. Yeah. Keep going. Right. No, that's it. That's, that's it. Okay. That's it. So... Well, I got Batman and Robin. Yeah, we got Batman and Robin. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll probably circle around back to that one, I'm sure, at some point. We'll Someday. talk and be like, oh, wait, this person for that. Okay, our next question comes from a Mr. Chris Taylor. Yes. I don't understand any of this question. So I'm guessing this question is geared directly to you. Okay. Is there any hashtag Brother Nero-like aspect of the Daredevil series you would like to see deleted? Keep up the good work and the great war. Your cast of pods is wonderful. Hashtag broken Chris Taylor. Um, Ex- explain explain the question to me. I'm guessing this is a wrestling dude, thing. I c- so explain it to me in Cliff Notes version. I don't know that I can. I really can't. Uh brother nero and 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 the broken and all that it has to be seen to be believed okay i can send you the links i will i will let you field this question sir so is there any any brother neros that we could delete is there any brother nero like aspect of of the daredevil series you would like to see deleted um oh that's good let's see season one season two any brother neuro like aspects that i would delete I would say... Is there something you can compare the Brother Nero to? <sighs> well, this is... It's it's so complicated. It's so complicated. Um, season one, I'd say... No, it's pretty tight. No Brother Neroing needed. Season two... Um, no. I, everyone's, everyone's good. I Yeah, no, we're okay here. No, no one needs to be deleted. No, no, no one needs to be deleted. All right. Okay. Next question is from Mr. Tom Fenzel. Who okay. Send us in questions. Repeaters. Please. All right. Yes. There we go. Uh, to both of us, are you guys going to Buffalo Comic Con and any cosplay? And then, well, we'll we'll answer that one first. Sure. Uh, I'll be there. Um, not sure if I'll be going both days, but I'll definitely be there. Uh, cosplay, unfortunately, no. Um, I thought about doing, uh, Pentagon Jr. cosplay, but I've had more than enough time to do that, and I have taken no action at all, and the Comic-Con is, like, next weekend. So, I shan't be cosplaying. Okay. I will not be there. Okay. Um, 
question for you are you working on a brew named and styled after daredevil what would you do uh uh-huh. I think the obvious thing would be uh, a red ale of some kind. Oh, I see um, what you did there. Yeah, but uh, no, at, at present, uh, no plans for a Daredevil brew. The Devil's Ale? The Devil's Brew. Oh, it's like a segment on the show almost. Oh, oh. almost. Um, no, not at the moment. Sorry. At, no. at, uh, most beers I make, actually, I, I kind of have a theme going now with uh, with Metallica songs or re- or metal songs in general. So um, Metallica. I'm sticking sticking with that for now. It's working for me. So. Okay, cool. All right, Mr. Alan Waiters sends in a, a four questions. Yeah, Alan. Get those questions, Alan. Okay, his first question is, if Marvel were to get the rights back to the Fantastic Four, yes. do you think it would be better as a series like Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones, or back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, a series would be really hard because, budgetarily speaking, it would be astronomical to yeah. do a budget Fantastic Four series. It would just be gigantic. I'd say do a movie, set it in the MCU, because yep. the seeds are already there for them to be yeah. there. And it, I completely yeah. agree with that i think not only due to budgetary reasons which is a solid legitimate reason because good god how much would that cost that'd be like game of thrones type budget. more than that probably um i i think like the the tone marvel has set with their films is more welcoming to the fantastic four than the tone that they've sent with their television series yeah. on netflix yes definitely you know films are spectacle big flashy color fun netflix series are gritty real grounded, grounded yeah street yeah you know. yeah they service both both sides of the fence yeah. and uh yeah i think fantastic four will be much better on the big screen but how at this point could they introduce them, hypothetically speaking? You know, you know what? Because I would almost I actually thought about this once. Do a retro story. Okay, I was just going to say that they could do a period piece, like in the sixties, yeah. and and the groundwork is kind of there because Michael Douglas and 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 uh, Hank exactly. Pym and Ant Man. But the Fantastic Four weren't exactly covert; they were more celebrities. That's true. So it's hard to like yeah. shoehorn that in now. But I just I thought because, about this because too. it would be weird to have the Fantastic Four in there is not like the beginning of it all. Right. Exactly. Um, As they were with the Marvel comic universe proper. Let me just throw this at you. Okay. The let me, curve let me, let me get my catcher's mitt on. Okay. Right. Um, throw it in here. We're coming yeah. up to Infinity War. Yes. And um, Thanos is going to be all powerful. He's going to have the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, I mean, probably spoilers. Well, so all things are going to be on the table. If you've read the Infinity Gauntlet story, read the OG one. Thanos yep. kills half the universe. Yep. Before bringing it back, so stuff goes kind of wonky here. And if I remember correctly, in the story, the Fantastic Four were part of that. Well, whether they were or not, my my idea anyway would be let's just hypothetically say Marvel got their stuff back together with Fox or they got the Fantastic Four yeah. back. Why not? And, and hang on as infinity war is likely going to be the culmination and possibly the finale of the entire MCU as we know it up to this point. Why not use that as a universal schism that happens in the Infinity War where reality is altered yeah. and the Fantastic Four in an alternate 1961 universe happens. 
Okay. I mean, you've got the time gem, you've got the space gem, so you've, the... You've got, you've got all of reality at your disposal. Um, hmm. Why not? Yeah, I Make mean, it work. Yeah, they, they would have to, it would have to be very well written. Of course it would. Very well written. Okay, so... That's that my was, idea. That's, that's decent Copyright idea. me, Marvel. <laughs> so that was Alan's first question. Alan's next question. Okay. We know that Bullseye will be coming to Daredevil. We don't know. We, we don't know, know that. Sure. I hope sure. that, but we don't know that. Who is in our casting question? Who would you prefer an actor who is not well known to play him, like how, how Charlie Cox took the role of Daredevil, or would you want an established actor to get the part like John Barenthal did with The Punisher? Mm. I mean, D'Onofrio as as Kingpin is is that's a good pull. Yeah. Daredevil is not lacking for established actors. No, but no, they're but, also but not going, lacking for like obscure finding the right person for the right role. I think going into season three, I'd um, be very surprised if we don't see Bullseye in season three. Sure, but I think now that they've gone into season, each season has kind of had a big presence, a big presence role. Yeah, season one had D'Onofrio. Season two had uh, John Bernthal. Who's not a you know a lister, but he was on The Walking Dead. Big, obviously, it be, people knew who he was. Were very excited about the casting. He had buzz going in more than Charlie Cox, anyway. You know, um, so maybe you do kind of still need that, that big presence for season three. I don't know you did, that you do, but you might. So that being said, who would I cast? Oof! I, that's uh, who would be a good bullseye. I, I honestly, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Tough call. They can go in. Because, I mean, honestly, as a character, you could take him in any direction. He doesn't have to be a bald Irish guy like in the movie. He he could be he could be anybody, honestly. Like, they can cast anybody, any race, and I'd buy him his bullseye so long as he could throw stuff with pinpoint accuracy yeah. and, and, and say bullseye. I'd be like, okay, that's him. I I thought that, you know, for all its shortcomings... Two things the Daredevil movie did very well were visual effects and cast. I thought the movie was cast very well. I think we're going to come come to come at odds when we actually do our commentary maybe, on, the, on the film. But maybe <laughs> maybe with Electra, but I think everyone else was fairly solid. So I think that Colin Farrell, though he would not fit in this Daredevil, would still have made a very good bullseye. He shoots some scenery with the proper script and proper, you know, what have you. <laughs> Maybe like a Norman Reedus? Mm. Or a little too grungy for that? A little too grungy. All right. Okay. We'll take a second. Yeah, too grungy. Okay, so Alan's next two questions I'm kind of going to... Because he sent one question, and then something happened in the news, which kind of answered the question. Okay. So his question is, what do you think of Deathstroke as the new villain in the... The new forthcoming Batman standalone movie, and what do we think as the casting, which was announced, was uh, oh, right. Joe... I don't know. Mag- Mag- Flash Lee. Thompson and Spider-Man. That's all I know. <laughs> Seriously, that's who it is. Um, what do I think about Deathstroke? I don't care. Um, but I'll give them this much props for it. At least it's not a familiar Bat-villain. True. So to that, I say, hey, good, good, yeah, good they're job. They're trying to do something different. That's... I'll give him that, but I don't care about DC. I think that, at least from what I've seen, DC kind of has a bit of a hard on for Deathstroke. They do. They do fans try care? To, I don't know. 
Because they tried to like fit he's got, him he's into got series everything. now. And stuff. I know. I, I, like, who's got this, this? He's like they're trying to make him pop. And what? Okay, would you say he is kind of like DC's Inhumans? Like they're really trying to get yeah. him over, but it ain't working. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. No, right. I would go with that. Um, I think the casting is great. Uh, sure. No, he looks cool. He, yeah, he's he's he'll, good shape. From what I've seen him in, he's he's a very capable actor. Um, I, I can't pronounce the last guy's name. The the dude with the beard and magic mic. Um, the dude that was the wolf in True Blood. His name is Joe. He's basically Mister Sofia Vergara. Um, hey, good job, buddy. So yeah, I I like the idea of putting a non. You know, so if for those of you who don't know, like character of Deathstroke, the thing about him is that like he can use considerably more of his brain power than other people can. So he's very very smart. Which and he's know, an assassin. Well, contract he's an assassin. Killer. Yeah. yeah, contract killer. He's a good foil for Batman. He's sure, good like you know putting someone on equal footing with Batman mentally and physically. Right. Which a lot of his villains may, they're more cerebral. It's more yeah, it's more horror show. Yeah, they may like try to. Some of them may close to. I think. The only one that comes close to being on Batman's equal ground mentally and physically is Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, which they did, and you yeah. know, it was decent. So, yeah. Okay, that's what we think of that. All right, finally. Finally. Mr. J. Josemino. We always save the best for last. <laughs> we always do. Okay, uh, do you want to ask first, or do you want to be asked? Um, hit me. Ask me. All right. Drew. Yes. Better Bill Paxton role. Oh, I like this. True Lies or Vertical Limit. You may substitute one movie for Vertical Limit if you have not seen it, but I will watch it with you if necessary. (laughs) Uh, There is no question that it is True Lies. Would you put True Lies over Aliens? For his role? Yes. Yes. Would you put True Lies over Weird Science? Absolutely. He is phenomenal in True Lies. He has the best lines in the movie. <laughs> yes. All right. Trust me. Okay. I don't even like True Lies that much as a film, but Bill Paxton in True Lies is is gold. Gold. <laughs> he really is great. <laughs> okay, your second question is, if you had to be at one of these places, what would you choose? Okay. A Sears in Smallville after Man of Steel? After, Okay. Or the quick stop bathroom after the cops found the dead guy. Well, after the the the, the incident with Zod and Superman and Superman, you know, destroying a Sears senselessly, uh, I would I guess they would clean it up, right? I, I'm thinking his question may revert to like you're there, you're either were there during the event, oh. or immediately thereafter. Um. I mean, at least if I were in the Sears, there, I, you know, no one's going to be taking inventory exactly, so I could, I could probably get off with some, with some free stuff. True. I'm just saying, I'm making, you know, making lemons out of lemonade here. Why you got to be a looter? I'm not looting. I'm helping clean up by taking things home. <laughs> Superman did enough damage. Okay. All right. Let's, who's the real villain here, sir? So that's all I'm asking. <laughs> According to Joe Quesada, Zod was the hero of that movie. Really? Yeah, you never heard that interview on Fat Man on Batman? Fascinating. No, I did not. Yeah. Joe Quesada said Zod was the If you break down the story, Zod was actually the hero of Man of Steel. I'm going to have and, to go check this out. Yeah, when you listen to it, you're like, oh, oh, oh that... <laughs> 
That kind of makes sense. Uh, well, yeah. Have you seen okay. Man of Steel? Okay, your, your, your questions here. Yes. Carl. Yes. Do you agree with Calvin Bouchard not shutting down SeaWorld at first in Jaws 3D? Or do you feel his response time was adequate given the circumstances of running a large tourist attraction park? I have to say I feel his response time was adequate. Uh, the information he was going on up until he physically saw the shark and saw what he was dealing with was basically some hearsay okay so i feel that you know given the fact that yes he is responsible for the safety of the people in the park but he's also a businessman i feel his response was adequate i will never question a decision made by chappie sinclair all right there you go okay uh and then jay's second question um sex one marry one kill one okay joe piscopo in sidekicks kill hang on the guy who played Terry Silver in Karate Kid 3. He's a fine-looking man, sucks. Raul Julia in Street Fighter. Oh, Mary. Just, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, he kind of set that up for you there. You know, you know how much I, I like Street Fighter. And let's be honest, with Bison, there's like there's more security there. Uh, until Jean-Claude Van Damme and his you know, motley crew of uh, Misfits showed up. Yeah, you're good. Yet Bison still comes back. He does? And he has his own currency. Bison dollars. Uh, okay. What's the exchange rate on that? Um, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's... Has so- someone on the internet must have done the calculation. Yeah. I think it's probably a probably good exchange rate. All right. So those are wow. viewer questions. All right. Viewers, thank you so much. We are noticing uh, more interaction. We're noticing more shares. The best thing you can do to help our show is when you see us on a social media post a new episode is up. Please share that link, retweet it, do what you can. We really appreciate everything you guys do to help build the show and get the word out there about the show. Um, it's really great. We really appreciate it. If you have to deface men's rooms in, with Sharpies to tell people about the show, that's fine. For a good time, download the Devil's Do. <laughs> it's not wrong. The, the views of Drew Salisano concerning the willful public defacing of property do not necessarily reflect reflect the views of the devil's due of which he is a host (laughs) which he is a host all right all right so do you have a kitchen brew or stew for us this week i do i do remember remember said you had one i got a short and sweet one this week um summer's wine summer's or stew stew we're going to go kitchen stew kitchen stew um, so summer is winding down and some of you might be, you know, in peril, like, oh, I got to put the grill away. There goes red meat for a while. Mm. Not so, sir. Not so. I don't even use the grill anymore when I'm cooking a good steak. Shame on you. No, sir. Let me tell you why. Well, you have a gas grill. You don't have charcoal. Uh, either way, um, you don't really need a grill to enjoy a steak, a perfect steak, that is. And, uh, I'm going to tell you how to make a perfect steak. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against a good flat iron steak. I'm just saying. Sure, sure, know, sure. If I have a choice between the two. I, um, well, you're going to understand why okay. I prefer the, what I'm, the method I'm about to tell you is, is my preferred method because you will get full control over the situation and there, it is impossible to overcook, undercook. I like control. I'm a very controlling kind of guy. Full control over the situation. Are we talking cooking a steak or negotiating a hostage exchange? Um, why not both? All right. All right. So... Um, here's what you want to do to cook the perfect steak. 
first thing I want you to do is to get when we're talking steak here. Don't don't you can go bone in, but I would actually I would advise you not to go bone in. You're going to get a, a more even cooking. Um, it's going to be easier to to handle bone out. So get yourself a nice steak. Don't get some chumpy cut like chuck roast or like you know cube steak or, or just just get get a decent sirloin or a ribeye, something, you know, some strips, you're going to want at least an inch thick. Don't, anything less, you're, you're, no, just no. So, you don't got to go crazy, but just get yourself something, something good, some nice marbling in it. Take it out of the fridge, put it on the countertop for at least 20 minutes. Let it get to, like, room temperature. You'll thank me later. Next thing you're going to want to do with that steak, you are going to want to hit it aggressively with kosher salt and pepper. That's it. Both sides. Then, fire up your oven. 350 degrees. Preheat that bitch. Now, this is where it's going to get a little... There's going to be equipment involved. You don't need the equipment I'm going to recommend to you, but it really helps. If you have a cast iron skillet, you are all good to go. If you don't, it's okay, but trust me, the cast iron is the better... The preferred tool for the job here. Put it on the stove... Fire up the heat until it starts to smoke, or just and just before it starts to smoke. So it's hot. Okay. Hit the steak on the pan. You what you're doing right now is you're trying to get a nice crust on the steak, either side. So two minutes aside, no more than that. Two minutes aside. So two minutes one side, flip it over. Two minutes on the other. Hit it with a brush of butter. Throw it in the oven. For six minutes. Once six minutes are up, take the pan out of the oven, get the steaks off the pan, put them on a board, a plate, something, let them rest for five minutes, at least five minutes. Quick question. Yes, what, sir. What uh, setting are we having the oven on? I told you, three, 350 degrees. No, I mean like bake, broil. Uh, bake. Okay. No broiling. So let the meat rest, and you will have yourself in five minutes after that. A perfectly done, medium-rare steak. Anything more than medium, you did it wrong, and shame on you. Anything more medium is a federal offense. I, I'm so happy we agree on this. Yes. So, yeah, that is that is what I will be doing with my steaks for the uh, the, the Buffalo Winters Ahead. And uh, that's that's the way it's done. All righty. That Trust is me. kitchen stew. There you go. In two weeks. Take a picture of it if you make one. We want to see them. In two weeks, kitchen brew. Waiting for that stir-fry feedback. <laughs> Trust me. Okay, a little bit of house clean before we get into our episode breakdown. Uh-oh. Uh, the program is going to be changing a little bit <gasps> in the coming weeks. I know, I know. we got to keep it fresh for the listeners, Drew. we got to keep new and exciting things happening. We're going to start introducing some guests. Uh, next week, we're going to have on the show Mr. Brian Stone. He's going to talk about an upcoming local event here in the Buffalo, New York area. And we're going to talk about Daredevil's history in video games. Because as you've heard from listening to the show, Drew and I really enjoy video games. And we really enjoy Daredevil. So you're probably thinking, was Daredevil ever in a video game? Yes, he was. And we're going to tell you all about him. Uh, shortly after that, we're coming to the end of the first season. Yep. So we're going to introduce some one-off shows. We're going to be doing a a fun little, uh, we haven't decided if it's going to be like breakdown or commentary yet, of the first ever live action appearance of Daredevil. I'm feeling the commentary track myself. The trial of the Incredible Hulk. Also commentary track. Yes. (laughs) 
And then before we get into Daredevil Season 2, we're definitely going to get into Luke Cage. Yes. yes so yes, yes. Luke Cage hits uh, Friday, September 30th. We're not going to jump into Luke Cage right away that week. We want to give you guys time to watch it, to digest it for yourselves. Before we get into our breakdowns, what we're probably going to do is do... Um, a big like event episode and do the first two episodes of Luke Cage with a panel, have some people in there and do that. So yeah, going to be some changes coming to the show. Uh, please, by all means, if you have any changes you'd like to suggest things you'd like to see done differently, um, by all means, fire those suggestions. S doesn't necessarily mean we're going to do them, but we love to hear from our listeners. I mean, if you tell us to replace the hosts of the show, we, we were, yeah, I, you know, we might agree, I mean, but we kind of can't. I mean, how, how would I ever replace Drew? He's such a positive sunshine oh, dude. Beaming. <laughs> Drew loves everything. A walking okay. plus sign. So yeah. That's out of the way. I don't think we really have any news or reviews or anything to super dive into. Um, no. Um, I mean, no. Oh, well, I got one thing, and I'm just going to... I mean, Al Moore announced he was going to retire from comics, and... Bye, Felicia! I'm I'm very... I don't... I can't it's the last thing he read by him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, the, guy's, the guy's legacy is secure. He is the most talented douchebag yes, ever. Yes, I know. Yeah, I like, feel the same it way. It aggravates me how talented he is and how much of a, a genuine wordsmith he is. The dude and is how much he's just an asshole. He changed the industry. I'm, he did. I'm, he did. He deserves but, but, but you know what? all the credit he gets. Here's the thing. He changed the industry and he knows it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah. he got to a point where he decided he was too good for the industry. And you know what? Oh, yeah. Not to, and not for nothing. A lot of his gripes are not without merit. And this is the man who has written but, your all-time favorite comic book story. Kind of, yeah. Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. And and on top of the, the Amazing Swamp Thing run and V for Vendetta. Killing Joke. And uh, the Killing Joke and, and the list goes on. Um, the, the dude is talented and he's and he's retiring. But to be honest, I haven't read any of his modern work. And I don't care to based on his grumpiness. So, yeah, see ya, man. He literally refers to comic book fans readers as mentally... Superhero. What's the politically correct term? I don't know, but he said they're mentally deficient, basically. Well, superhero fans, that is. Yeah. Not comic book fans. He he still enjoys comics, just not superhero comics. In any case, uh, the other fun factoid, um, did you see this interview with Jeff Johns that came out like today or yesterday? Oh, he he says that the the movies coming up are going to be brighter and cheerier. Okay. Thanks for getting the memo in a timely fashion, Jeff. I just want them to be better. We're past that point, Jeff. But just want them to be better. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. good, good, good timing. You know, good thing we didn't get that memo before we made the whole murder fest that was Batman versus Superman. Good job. All right, looking forward to the uh, the bright and sunny Batman flick coming up in the Justice <laughs> League. It's gonna be great, I'm sure. All righty. So yeah, let's uh, let's break down an episode. Papers opening the briefcase. Or I got whatever. A lot of notes on this episode. I got four pages of notes. I have I have my usual. Now keep in mind when I say I got four pages, I use much smaller paper. Well, it's not the size you papered. Okay. <laughs> that, well, you know, I've heard otherwise. Okay. Episode eleven, or as Mister Oogie Boogie says it, eleven. It goes to eleven. 
I like Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't care what anyone else says. You know what I want to see this That's week while I'm off? Fine. While I'm off working, you know what I want to go see? I want to go see Kubo and the Two Strings. See what? Kubo and the Two Strings. I don't know what that is. I will show you preview after we're done. It looks friggin' awesome. Oh, okay. Stop motion animation. Oh, sounds fairy exhausting. Fairy tale story. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. The Path of the Righteous. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go. No, no, no I no. know. Do, do your thing. No, I know it. I know it. And they know it. And they know that I know it. So Yep. I saw the title of the episode. I was like, huh. Drew's going to make a Pulp Fiction reference. Uh, Although that's, that's not that's actually not... Ezekiel 25-7. No, it's not. But you know what? It might as well be at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say no. Hey, man, the Bible's been rewritten and retranslated for centuries. Why shouldn't Tarantino get a crack at it? <laughs> All right. He's one of our modern myth makers. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> All righty. You, you looked like you had something to say before we... No, uh, it's, it, that's not the only movie that they reference in this episode. Hmm. I, we'll get there. Okay. All right. Okay. So, episode 11, The Path of the Righteous. We open up in the hospital where we left off last last episode as I'm dropping papers. Uh but the immediate there they get Vanessa in there they're talking to the doctor and Housley immediately just I I have oh, he's so suspect I have noted noted twice here shut up Housley yeah he's he's well he's, shut up Housley what's the old phrase uh me thinks you doth protest too much not only that he's being so dang annoying about well, yeah, it yeah 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 I know well, he's trying to sell panic. Yeah, he's trying to sell like, hey, I had this too. I, I didn't drink anything, but I, I held a glass. a glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, shut up, Owsley. We'll get to you. Shut up, Owsley. Okay, so Fisk has a feeling of powerlessness. I have the this. same note. Look at that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. We're, yeah. we're simpatico. Big, big, powerful dude has no power here yeah. in this situation. Yeah, and it's like for, I, I am not foreign to hospitals i've had you know my trips there i've been there when family friends are there is a sense of helplessness and powerlessness when you're in a hospital well yeah you're only there if you, something bad has happened generally yeah. speaking well i mean you know birth of my son was good but right but that's a serious God situation i had to go through hell to, sure you know, right to exactly i mean that's you know you're there yeah. because you're there because you're powerless like so i think they they definitely convey that very well in the scene especially with this character it's like the perfect character to yeah. convey that with so they're getting Vanessa all set up to, you know, see what's wrong with her. She's been poisoned at this point. That much is evident. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much the scene in that's a nutshell. That's the open. Yeah. And then we get to Matt's apartment. And we see Matt is up and moving around and he has a visitor. And it's Miss Page. She's Ms. had Page. she's had enough of of the the non-return phone calls and whatnot. Yeah. So and she brought him a balloon. Yeah, she brought a balloon to a blind guy. To the blind guy. And she tells him there's a monkey on it. Like he cares. Hey guy. I mean, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, it's the thought. Maybe something it's practical. Yeah. Especially since you know he, he's all busted up. And he's day drinking, by the way, at a boy, Matt. <laughs> Not only is he day drinking, he's like early day drinking, morning drinking. Well, you know, he, day. Did you did you happen to notice the brand of beer he was drinking? Do you approve of Matt's? Uh, I didn't choice? know. It's a green bottle, so I'm generally going to say no. It's probably a bad call, but you know, he grew up. He grew up in Hell's Kitchen. They didn't in an era pre craft, so his tastes are unrefined. Although he has the money now to get refined, but you know, does he? Yeah, sure. He's a lawyer. 
Well, maybe instead of drinking, well, then again, the Josie's doesn't look like a really high scale, yeah. upscale joint. Yeah, you're not so. gonna. You know, I think I think their uh, their beer selections will probably be Budweiser and not Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know, but yeah. Or is uh, Cheech Marin said in Desperado, piss warm chongo? Sure. Um, <laughs> well, like Stick remarked, it's it's German crap. So, yeah, okay. yeah that's, that's probably what it is. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Karen is getting impatient with the lack of answers. Karen also notices that Matt's injuries are not necessarily consistent with a car accident. Nor which is what is she's been told what happened. A, a Japanese car, as Matt remarks. Yes. Uh, also, um, that the car didn't necessarily drive into his apartment and wreck the place either. Exactly. So, uh, but Matt's being cagey. He's not going to answer the questions, but he does remark that it's his fault. And yep, he's not lying necessarily. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It kind of was his fault that he got his ass kicked and cut up by Nobu and all that. Yeah. Yeah, more or less, more or less. But so, he's obviously not going to tell her. Oh, by the way, I'm 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 the devil of Hell's Kitchen, and I fought a ninja, and I got cut up real bad. Once again, we go back to Foggy. Do you have any idea how stupid that sounds? Exactly. Um, but she tells Matt that she went to see Fisk's mom. Yes. Matt doesn't think this was a very good idea. No, and not only that, we have a first instance here of Karen being told repeatedly throughout this episode. Yeah. This information you found... It's great, but no one's going to care. It's not... We can't do anything with it because, A, it's a minor. B, you heard it from a woman with severe mental uh, difficulties. So there's nothing... She doesn't quite seem to grasp... Well, because she's obsessed. Karen thinks she, they've found the silver bullet. Well, Karen thinks, like, this is the thing that can put Take Fisk down. If not take him down, at the very least... Hey, all right. At the very least... Uh, shine the light on him to show everybody that he's not always cracked up to be. Yeah. Because right now everyone's, you know, basking in that warm fist glow. And she knows that that's a ruse. And if anyone that's looking into him, they don't know this information about him. So if this information were to get out, it would put eyes on him that he would not want on him. Yeah. So that's, that's admirable. And it's, and you know, she's right. But at the same time, She's so obsessed with it. She doesn't she, quite understand how journalism works. No. And on top of that, though, she didn't, like Ben will tell her later, play it out. Like, yeah. it's great that you have this info, but think about how it's going to go down. It's not. Yeah. It won't so. go anywhere. So then, um, so her and Matt have kind of a touching moment when she leaves. Yeah. She's questioning what's going on between him and Foggy and Matt's being evasive about that. Yeah. So she leaves and then we cut to an apartment that we haven't been in before. No. Marcy and, and uh, Foggy. have had a night of copulation. Yay. So that happened. Moving right along. Because nothing really happens in this scene. We just see that Foggy has got a hangover and... Well, and he relays that, you know, him and Matt are having problems and... Marcy just doesn't care. She doesn't care. Yeah. Which, you know... Good on her. It's not her business anyway. Foggy's <laughs> got to get over his little, his whole, you know, man, man hurt over Matt here. Yeah. And, Which, uh, you know, I get it, man. But, you know, she's kind of like, you boys are just, why don't you guys just get a room and get it over with already? That's the kind of vibe that she seems to give off. Foggy winning one for the schluffy sidekicks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Had a boy, Foggy. So then we cut back to the hospital and we have another meeting uh, between Owsley and, and he shows back up. He is trying to sow the seeds of discontent in the organization. Yes. Fisk is not going anywhere 
without Vanessa. As long as she's in the hospital, he will be there by her side, and everything else is secondary. Uh, Owsley wants to get back to business, yeah, and he tries to tell that to Wesley. Wesley, dedicated yeah. to Fisk. He is not, he's not having any of, of Owsley's crap. So, exactly. Yeah. So, and we also see here that they're trying to see if Madame Gao was involved. Right. Um, yeah. Based just, on the last episode, uh, it could, you could read it either way. If, if here's the thing, as a, as a viewer, Owsley seems mighty guilty. Yeah. Gao, after her meeting with Fisk in the last time, she warned him about what could go down if he continues to kind of be a, be a man divided. But based on that conversation, even though she warned him, I would not, I would not think she would be responsible for yeah. what happened. Just no, because I I, that's, I not, that's not how she rolls necessarily. I agree. We also learned that the other people who dropped down at the ball have died. Yes. So Vanessa is the last one, and it ain't looking good. She's, you know what? You know where Vanessa is. Drew. Go on. Drew. What? Drew! Danger zone. Oh. I walked right into that. You did. I did. It's all right. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we leave the hospital. <laughs> See, that's why Top Gun's better than Iron Whatever. It gave us that in Archer. For that alone. Top Gun. Iron Eagle's still better. Yeah, in your world over there. <laughs> okay, so we go back to Matt's apartment, and we see, you know, Claire. Claire! Back there. Back. We can see Claire again. Matt's still in pretty rough shape because he popped his stitches. And we get the juicy sounds again of flesh being yeah. hewn together and... It's it's kind of an unsettling sound, especially when you get the close up of, of of like the skin being put back together with stitches. Yeah, like, you're just like ah, oh, you're I'm gashed just... up. Also, you could you could wash clothing on on uh, Charlie Cox's abs. Yeah, he has uh, Finn Balor esque abs. He's he's a very fit man. Um, I do not have abs like that. No. My abs more resemble a, a workout ball okay. than a washboard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good on him for that. Also in this scene, well, uh, Claire, by the way, mentions that she got to see him with his shirt off again, which, you know, yeah. like I just said, abs of steel. Good looking man. Um, they are steering this whole Matt and Claire thing. Except Claire kind of says, as long, as long as you're doing what you're doing, I can't, we can't have, well, yeah, we, we can't we can have. Tell, this is a little bit of a longer scene. You're kind of jumping the end of it. I am, I am. Because to... Claire, Claire makes the important suggestion, you know, maybe some armor? Yeah. Maybe some, you know, something a little heftier than spandex? Sure. So, and, and Matt suggests, you know, he heals himself through meditation. It helps. Better living through meditation. Okay, I'm not sure if it if it's. We can back that up, but I'll trust him. He's a ninja. Okay. What does he yeah. know? He knows right. more than me, so. He does. So, yeah, now we're getting to that point. They're starting to have what I like to call the RDT. RDT. Which is a relationship-defining talk. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. They need to kind of clear the air, because Clara said that she's leaving the city for a little bit. Yeah. Matt doesn't like that. Well, what if he gets cut up by a ninja again, and she's not there? Yeah, exactly. So. But. After the whole conversation unfolds, she knows Matt's never going to stop doing what he's doing. Although, yeah. I think there is a severe point of 
naivete that's shown on Matt's side here. How so? Matt alludes to the fact that he thinks the mission, you know, yeah. finger His, air quotes, yeah. the mission, is going to end at some point. He thinks that at some point in the foreseeable future, he'll be able to... He yeah. thinks that, like, if he takes down Fisk, that fixes everything in Hell's Kitchen. Right. It's going to be a utopia. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, he's... Yeah. Here's here's one of the main differences between Matt and, as we've mentioned before, you know, quite possibly his DC counterpart, arguably, Batman. Sure. Batman understands, this is my life. This is what I will be doing until it kills me. Yeah. And someone takes over for me. The mission never ends. Yep. Matt whereas, doesn't know that yet. Whereas Matt's just like, you know, yeah, I, I, I do this and everything will be great. Matt's a little delusional here. Maybe... You know what, though? Or maybe he does know, and he just he's kind of in denial about doesn't it. Doesn't want to admit it to himself? I think that's maybe okay. more accurate. That's definitely another possibility. He's kind of trained his whole life at this. I, I doubt he has an endgame. Honestly, yeah. I doubt he has an endgame in mind. Oh, yeah. And so, um, Claire is a very valid point. Hell's Kitchen created Matt. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. Created Matt as the, the devil, daredevil of Hell's Kitchen. Again, in the same way that Gotham City created Batman. Yeah. And she says, even after all this, as long well, basically, as long as he's doing that, they can't, yeah. they can't be a thing. Yeah. But clearly, they they want to be a thing. They but... do. She's smart. Yeah. She's being very smart. Yeah. Because rarely do these. Yeah. Relationship. Very few superhero relationships work out well, especially if, if you're daredevil. Both people aren't superheroes. Yeah. No spoilers, but. Daredevil, this is almost like his gimmick, but we'll we'll yeah we'll get to that later, I suppose. Um, but she does say that is, I'll when you really need me to stitch you up, I'll always be there. Yeah. So, all right. So does that mean she's not leaving the city? Because he might get jacked up, you know, sooner than later. I don't. Okay, well, I guess we'll find out. Well, obviously, well maybe because did he talk seeing... her out of it? Kinda. I don't know, because you know what? She shows up in season two. Yeah. We're not quite sure how much time has passed between season one and season two. And she's in Jessica Jones. She's in Jessica Jones. And apparently she has a pretty significant part in Luke Cage. This is all, everything's well. coming up clear. Luke Cage takes place in Harlem. So maybe she technically, maybe she left Hell's Kitchen, okay. but didn't leave the city. She's going uptown. All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. She's an uptown girl. Yeah. Rosario Dawson getting that Marvel money. <laughs> right. Okay, so we have a familiar setting here for a meeting with Ben Yurick, which is on the waterfront. Uh, Karen and Ben meet, and Yurick is still kind of pissed. Well, she he was misled to getting, yeah. getting taken out to and that, and, that old folks yeah, home. I'm sure that wasn't a, you know just a hop, skip, and jump. That's no, it was a drive. Was, you know, that was a drive. <laughs> So yeah, and once again we see a situation where Karen is saying, "Hey, we got the silver bullet. Yeah. We got the yeah. we got the mother. She told us the stuff, the damaging stuff on Fisk." And here's where, as we mentioned, Yurik draws out the conclusions yeah. of what will happen. Yeah, he, ha- he has a jump to conclusions, Matt, if you will. Office mm. space. Never mind. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. I'm sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> Uh, all right, so... It's not that your joke was bad. It just took me a moment to register. I, I, I go for the deep pull, sir. <laughs> um, now, on top of that, he also knows about the poisoning. Yeah. With, uh, Vanessa, well, he doesn't know Vanessa specifically, but that the Fisk fundraiser poisoning. Yeah. He knows about it, and he knows that there might be fatalities, and that someone is probably gunning for the man on top. 
Yeah. And you can get the sense that, you know, yes, Yurik's been doing this a long time, but this may be different than what he is used to. It seems like the crime is kind of evolving beyond what he is. And this is something that they've established before way earlier in the season where Yurik had that meeting with the like the old timey crime boss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. You know, right. Don Mario Italiano stereotypo. Um, I'm right here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but you're but you're not a cheap Italian stereotype. No, I'm not. I am. I am. I know. <laughs> doesn't mean it doesn't hurt my feelings. So yeah, so you can see that Yurik's getting a little. You know, he's got a lot going on in his life right now, and this is not necessarily stress that he wants. No, no. Obviously, he's got his wife to take care of, and he's focused on that although the information he does get about the poisoning kind of leads me like you know you're trying to get away but you're still little thing that pulls you right back yeah um fisk in the hospital now he's got his own doctor and uh apparently she's gonna well no they they don't know this yet they haven't gotten that yet they don't know still like very shaken yes he he's really like this has really rocked him to his core and kind of exposed feelings he probably didn't want to deal with or admit they were as deep as they were yep um he suspects everyone and he wants revenge and he also says that when if she does come out of this you got to send her away tells wesley send her away from me far away yeah provide for um, her and everything yeah now um also, we have a very touching moment between Wesley and Fisk here. So can I, again, as I've been pointing out all along, I'll, this is another little parallel. Matt, Fisk, one and the same. Matt, Foggy, Fisk, Wesley. Okay, again, I, I, don't, I wouldn't go as far as say one and the same, but definitely mirroring. Yes, exactly. That's my point. They're, they're yeah. you know, a mirror image of each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, yeah, I could definitely see that parallels. I really like this moment. Between Wesley's like the dark. He's the bizarro foggy. <laughs> bizarro foggy. <laughs> he's the foggy without morals and without qualms. Me am help you Fisk. <laughs> so yeah, it's a really nice little touching moment where Fisk kind of stops, pauses, takes a beat and, and like, thanks Wesley again. It's like a genuine thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being a friend. More or less that. Traveling down the road and back again. Okay. Song time. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Does that rhyme? Confidant? True? Whatever. It's 80s sitcom theme songs, man. What do you want? Is this going to be a theme on the show now? You're going to sing a new 80s theme song every week? Probably not. Okay. (laughs) Dear listeners, if you want Carl to sing a new 80s theme song every week... Please send those emails too. And the emails stop coming. Yeah, or they come <laughs> flooding in. We have thirty listener emails this week, Drew. They all just say no. Oh well, okay. All right, no, that's fair enough. We're back at church. Fine. We're back. It's at church. coffee time, or or not in this case. Yeah, the priest has had a couple. He said he mentions he's had like three decaf lattes, but, decaf, but you can't. Can't get it all out. Can't quite get it all out. Matt is conflicted, and he asks the priest if he knows who he is. The priest says, I'm not an idiot. Yes, I do. I have a pretty good idea of who you are. Yeah, and Matt, we can see here that, you know, as as Claire left the apartment, the previous scene in their apartment, she mentioned that 
the like the saints, the saints the, and martyrs all end up alone and bleeding, bloody and alone. Yeah, it's not necessarily the case, but or dead makes for a that's why well, they're martyrs. Yeah, martyrs. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a unfortunate prerequisite to being a martyr. Yes, correct. You have to be martyred. Yeah. So yeah, um, we start to hear that Matt's kind of taking those words hard. He's worried if you know the path he's on is going to leave him bloody and alone. But yeah, the priest definitely knows that Matt is the devil of Hell's Kitchen. And uh, he also gets into the nature of the devil. Is this is this priest a character in the comics? I don't know. Priest, spe- because, this specific one, I wouldn't think because so. Because there was a priest in the movie. Yeah. Um, I'd have to, to do some homework check, on that. I would dig into your Frank show. Miller run if I were you. I don't... I've read the entire Frank Miller run. If you don't remember, fairly then... Fairly recently. Mm. I don't think so. Most of these media appearances of Daredevil, like in movies and TV, they generally pull from the Bendis or the Miller run. Um, Which is a good thing. Yeah. not. But it, it, I almost feel bad for the other writers, though, because I'm sure other guys have done great yeah. work. Then it just kind of gets overlooked. But uh, that I know of, the priest is not based on any one specific priest. Yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, we're getting into the uh, the concept of the devil again. Right. Matt is curious, you know, why did... Why did God put the devil in me? Yes. If, if, I, if, if everyone's got a plan and I'm so good, yeah. how come the devil's like trying to get out of me? The priest kind of flips it and says, well, maybe he did that because maybe he put the devil here to begin with to drive people to him, to, to God, that is. Give people something to fear so that they know what not to do so that they will accept God's embrace and all that business. We're getting yeah. into some symbolism. Yeah, I mean, and the, and, and Matt's the, pri- taking it. the priest's heart's in the right place, but his theology is way off. But well, it makes for a good story. It's not terrible. It's just incorrect. <laughs> it's all day, as far as I know, it's all interpretive. So, um, so yeah, I, I like... I like the scenes in the church with the priest, not for obvious reasons, because I've discussed my faith on the show previously, but these are, these seem to be really good gut check moments for Matt. Yeah. And we see that they continue on in season two as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I like this, I really like this actor they got for the priest. Oh, he's good. Yeah. He's he's gruff in all the right ways. Yeah. I like a gruff priest. Yeah. He's believable (laughs) as a hell's kitchen priest. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. So, so Matt is meditating. Yes. After he leaves the priest. Yeah, he's still dealing with... Because this is like the first legitimate severe defeat he's experienced. Yes. This is his first like real heavy beatdown. Yeah. So there's going to be some, some mental and emotional scars that come with that. Like He's not at the point in his career where... This is a regular occurring thing. No, no. Like this, he, this, he's, he's not at the, the Spider-Man point in his career where Spider-Man comes home, you know, cut up, costume torn to shreds, bleeding all over the place. Mary Jane just patches him up and, and you know. On your bike, Tiger. No, yeah. this is this is the first time Matt's been, you know, yeah, solidly defeated, I guess, like you said. Yeah. Um, so he's meditating on it. This and is, all he sees is defeat. This is his Rocky Three Clubber lying moment. Kind of like that, yeah. He's, Although without the crippling self doubt, because may not be crippling, but it's definitely hindering. Yeah, but it's not like I have to retire. It, if anything, he snaps out of the meditation after you know being seeing visions of Fisk beating the crap out of him, and instead of you know doing the Rocky thing and, and being like I'm done, I can't, I won't fight no more. <laughs> 
all that business. Uh, I want to jump in the ocean with Apollo anymore. <laughs> not going to know. I'm free, Asian. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah, you, it's yours not is bad. definitely superior. I've, I've, well, I've, I've practiced it many times. <laughs> many times. So, uh, anyway, um, no, Matt, instead of, uh, instead of cowering. He suits and, back and, up. Oh, yeah, he puts suit on. And, oh, Turk. Yeah, Turk. You <laughs> can see Turk again. <laughs> oh, Turk. Here's the thing, though. Granted, Turk shoots, shoots at, at nothing, running down the street, running away from Matt. Then he, then he climbs up the ladder and goes onto the rooftop, and he's, he's running away. Matt, Matt's taking it to him a little hard here. Turk's f- being fairly well, cooperative. Matt is not really in your friendly neighborhood Hell's Kitchen protector mood. No. Matt is like, I've been busted up. I want to bust somebody up. Preferably but, someone who can't put up much of a fight. That's so mean. Good Turk. Aw, Turk. Is it mean because it's Turk? Yeah, leave so, him alone. Okay, so, He's, yeah, we're... Come on. If it was just random street punk A, we wouldn't necessarily have the problem with it that we do. No, but, you know, come on. Turk's gonna... Turk. Turk's been through enough. Especially <laughs> when he's being cooperative and Matt's still roughing him up. He, like, he's, he, he, like he, he, he kicks the gun away and he's like, all right, man, we're cool. And then he gets up and as soon as he stands he up, Matt punches him in the he face like, again. He doesn't even get up. He just like turns. He's like, if you go for the knife in your boot, I'll break your leg. Well, yeah, but he's... Tur- go tur- for the, the piece in your... Your side piece. In your back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Turk says, yeah, okay, we're cool. He agrees. Okay, yeah. fine. And up, as he gets up, Matt pop. punches him in the face. He just said it was cool. <laughs> he didn't say he could get up. <sighs> Matt, buddy. People skills, man. The devil's in the details. All right, so Matt. Wyatt, you are an oak. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Matt um, wants specific information, information you didn't think he would necessarily be looking for, but he wants to know where Fisk gets those wonderful toys. Where does he get the suits? Where does he get the suits? Men's Warehouse. Yeah. And <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, I always thought that guy looked like Tony Kornheiser, the Men's Warehouse guy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's like Tony Kornheiser's doppelganger. Uh, also, the most interesting man in the world. A little bit. He could be in the same family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they and he's got the same voice as the most interesting man in the world. He does. That's Have you ever weird. seen the actor who does the most interesting man in the world? But no, he's not doing that. No, it is very like Mike Tyson, high pitched, you know, voice. Not the lisp, but just like it's not the most interesting man in the world voice. That's so sad. <laughs> oh, you just shattered him for me. Like Sorry. the illusion is broken. Doesn't make me enjoy is the it, beer. Is, is, is it like is it like uh, uh, like Ray Park's actual voice? He doesn't actually sound like Darth Maul. It's not far off. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, man. It's all right. I'll give you a hug after. No, sure. I'm good. Right. I'll, I'll survive somehow. Right. You know, my hug's so revolting to you. No, I'm, I'm just. I'm yeah, not no, that no, broken no, up fine. over. That's fine. Damage is done. Fine. Okay. All right. Back to the hospital. Mom called. Fisk, Fisk's mom called. Fisk's mom called. Um, and just from this point, you know things are going to That can't be good. No. Yeah. no. So she talks to Wesley. Yep. And he says, wait, who call, Who came to see you? Yeah. And we also see in the scene that Owsley comes back from his meeting with Gal, uh, Saying that, you know, she's not involved. And yeah, yeah, once yeah. again, nagging for Fisk to get back in the game. This is where the other movie reference was, by the Shut way. Shut up, Owsley. 
uh, he, he, he says, you know, did she sound mad? And he's like, I don't know. They were spe- she was speaking Chinese, and the, her translator didn't seem to like me very much. And then he says, they were looking at me funny. And then Wesley replies, funny how? And if funny? Well, funny? How am I funny? What, am I a clown? Do I amuse you? That's a reach. No, come on, man. That's a reach. That is a, such a well-known scene. There's no way you can just drop in a casual funny how in any script, anywhere, anytime, and no, not... No, I mean, it's... it's uh... The context is different, but come on, man. Funny how. Dear listeners, please send us some sort of correspondence, whether it be a Facebook post, a tweet, an email... Is Drew on the point here, or is he reaching a little far? Again, the context is different, but the quote is the same. Okay, well, you know, people have said quotes that are the same in other movies before. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a reference. (sighs) It's a very famous quote. You know, Tom Selleck said in Three Men and and a Baby, I'm Batman. That doesn't necessarily mean that he was referencing Batman. Well, it was shot before Batman, so no, of course it wouldn't be. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so. Right, we, uh, fair enough. We, Joe Pesci disagrees with you, but that's all right. I, I doubt that he does. <laughs> you calling him a liar? No. I wouldn't do just that. I've seen what he does to people who they, that you call him a liar. Just saying he probably doesn't listen to the show. You don't know that. That's fair. I would find, I want to know, does Joe, right. Joe, does Joe Pesci Joe, listen to this show? Joe, if you listen to this show... Drop us a line. We'd love to have you on. That would be amazing. I don't even care if you have nothing to do with Daredevil. Yeah. That would just yeah, be amazing. Right. We'll, we'll have you on. I, I, we'll have you on. It'll be a nice, nice conversation. We won't nag you with the stupid questions everyone else nags you with. We'll just talk nice. Yeah, we'll just hang out. We'll just chill. I'll make sauce. We'll Joe chill. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Not, he, he was going to call until you dropped that <laughs> one. <laughs> okay, now we're at my favorite scene of the episode. The workshop. The workshop. Now, hang out. Here's the thing. It's a great or, scene. Or as I like to call it, the Easter basket. A little bit. Because there's so many eggs in there. Are there in this first season? Because I was looking. There's not as many in the first season as there are in the second. But one in particular. One... Well, there's two in this scene. Okay. okay. Because as soon as Matt walks in, on the work board yes. is the gladiator emblem. Okay. Like that weird kind of three, di- the, yeah, 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 three the, diamond. It's not like a distinct I know what you're talking emblem, about. It's on, it's it's what, on his chest in the comics. It's what the gladiator has on his chest in the comics. There's that, and probably the best Easter egg of the entire series, the stilts. Now, were they in the scene? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, that is fantastic. They're in another scene later. Okay. But I didn't notice going, them this time. Yeah. First time through, I didn't see the stilts in this scene. Yeah. Second time through, I was like, oh, there they are. Okay. Because I know yeah. in an upcoming episode, they're like they're prominent. Much there. Okay, okay. People are probably scratching their head like, what do you mean stilts? All right. So, Stilt man. At, oh, geez. As, as you probably know, dear listeners... Heroes have multiple villains. Heroes have rogues galleries. Not some more prevalent than others. Yeah, not it was, as we may have said in the past on the show. You've got Batman's rogues gallery. You've got Spider-Man's rogues gallery. Then there's a fairly steep drop off. Well, here's the thing: even the greats don't have a full lineup of great bad guys. There's yeah. going to be some cannon fodder in there. There's yeah, going like to be even with, even with crazy Super- quilt and Batman. I yeah. mean, you know. Even with Superman, you've got Luther, you've got Brainiac, you've got Darkseid, and then you've got a steep drop-off. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lower tier. Yeah. 
Spider-Man's got the Green Goblin. He's got Dr. Octopus. He's also got the Shocker running around. He's kind of a running hey, gag. Shocker's going to be in the I know. The that's going to be. Did you see that? He I've been asking decent. for that for years. No, you haven't. I have. You've been asking for the Shocker in yes. Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. The character of the Shocker? The, the character of the Shocker. All right. As a cannon fodder villain. All I, right. No, that's fine. And I, and just like, see, ah, bigger, bigger, bigger tangent and all these superhero tapestries. Yeah. yeah. I want to see more cat and fodder villains. I want to see like the shock, the low, the, the little C list, D list guys. Okay, yeah. Give them five minutes of screen time in the, in the opening scene of these flicks uh, just to get their butts kicked, just to establish that we're in a bigger tapestry. This is, this is what I want out of the, they've said that it's a planned trilogy of Spider-Man films. Yeah. Just give me Mysterio. Yeah. As that, a main villain. Sure. Because a lot of people out there rolling your eyes right now. No, he's cool. Mysterio's my, Mysterio's my second favorite Spider-Man villain. And spoilers, well, uh, he's a pretty epic Daredevil villain, too. Which yeah, oh, yeah. We can't say much about that yet, but trust me. Yeah, it, it, yeah trust me. After, after what happens in that series happens on the show... We're going to do a breakdown of that entire run. Oh, sure. For a whole episode. Um, All I'm saying is, as bad as um, and overstuffed and poor as uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 was. um, No, you're talking three. No, two. Two with Dr. Octopus? The amazing, the amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You're right, yeah, yeah. Know your your adjectives. Yeah, yeah. I like that they gave the rhino a little, like, yeah. you, you throw him in there. He, he, if he just takes up that little bit of time in the beginning yeah. and the end. And like I said, cannon fodder guys. Just, you know, not the, not the big bads, just guys in the way. Yeah. Day-to-day not, guys. Not every villain in the film needs equal screen time. Right, right, right. Villains so, don't always need to that's, team up. That's what I was hoping for for the Shocker and like in, in, in the Amazing Spider-Man flicks. Like, just, just throw him in there. Like even if it's just a cameo on the front page of the Daily Bugle of Spider Man capturing him, that's yeah. all. That's all. That's it. That's all we need. That's all I need. So anyway, uh, so back to Daredevil. They can't all be winners, folks. They can't all be Kingpin and Bullseye and and the Hand. Um, Drew, tell us about Stilt Man. Stilt Man is a joke. He's always been a. He, his gimmick is he has stilts. Now, not like the stilts that you're thinking of, like you know, like like circus dudes wear or like painters when they're you know trying to hit ceilings without setting up a pick uh no he has like a a silver metal suit with really 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 long extendable legs like 30 feet high it's really silly and it sounds really higher than that like we're talking like he walks like over smaller buildings yeah it's it's kind of goofy it's a goofy gimmick but that's his gimmick and he's been played for a joke in most of the modern era because it's it's kind of it's, goofy. Yeah, it, it's your, very your silly. Your stick is stilt, and like he's got his helmet is so weird. It's like have you ever seen the movie Mars Attacks? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the Mars Attacks kind of thing going on. The helmets that the um, the aliens wear. Yeah. Very similar. So he's kind of a joke. But he's been around a while. For being he's, a joke, there's a reason why we, we, we geek out when we see the stupid stilts in, in Melvin Potter's workshop, because he's a recurring joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fact that they even thought to stick that in, phrasing, is fantastic, and it makes me smile. And as we always do on the show, in this case, character doesn't necessarily show up, but Stiltman first appeared in Daredevil number eight. It's See, a, and he's OG. So he's probably only predated by Gladiator. Yeah, he's an OGDD guy. It doesn't even say who created him. It doesn't? Yes. Oh, it does. No, it doesn't. Oh, it doesn't. 
No one wants to take credit for that. <laughs> and here's a, here's an odd saying in Wikipedia. In addition to being one of Daredevil's most enduring yep, arch see? foes. Like I said, he shows up a lot. He has appeared as an adversary for heroes more, more equally matched to his power level. Such as... Go on. <laughs> such as Iron Man... For one, okay. And Thor. Okay, now we're just being ridiculous. <laughs> Iron Man with the armor, okay. You're, it's a stretch, but I'll take it. Thor. Oh, no. How is Thor going to defeat the Stilt Man? That's like me picking a fight with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it's not going to end well for you. No. There's no way I don't end up in traction. Uh, or worse. <laughs> yeah. So, Okay. Anyway, tangent aside, but yeah, this is definitely my favorite scene because of that, and we get a decent fight out of it. Yeah, Melvin, we find out is pretty pretty strong and um, keen with a with a saw blade. Yes, as the character in the comics uses, uh-huh. he chucks the saw blade, and as a fanboy, you're just like, Nye. yeah, a little bit. But um, he's not a ninja, and Matt he's not a ninja; is. he's a brawler. Yeah, and Matt is a, at this point. I would argue that Matt is not so much a ninja as a very refined brawler. With ninja skills, with a, little, with a little bit of peppering of ninja, he's got some ninja pepper in him. And um, even even though he's not a hundred percent, he does manage to yeah. subdue Melvin Potter. Yeah, Melvin gets some good shots. He does, he does. And, and Matt is is trying to hold together his his sewed up yeah. torso. Um, but in in intercut with this uh, fight, we see Wesley going rogue. Yeah, Wesley uh, calls Fisk's mother's mother back. Gets the information on what happened and who came to see you. Exactly. And just kind of knows that, you know, Fisk is not in position or condition to deal with this now. So he will deal with it himself. Yep. And goes off to do so. Cut back to Melvin Potter's shop. We learn a lot about Melvin. We do. We get a lot of info. Well, as much info as you need from him. He is um, childlike. Yeah, he's a little slow. Yeah, he's very single-minded um is very childlike um cares about a woman named betsy now is he i haven't read a lot of gladiator there's he had like an appearance or two in the daredevil frank miller run that i read shows up in the bendis run quite a bit too. is he this way mentally in the comics as well um yeah yeah okay. more or less um functional yeah. and try he, he he's he he means well but he does often get well. Often, maybe yeah. not the right word, but he has been pulled into situations. He's where like a he savant. Is, he he knows how to create things. Yeah, no, he's he very, does that very well. Yeah, very proficient and capable. But you know, he's he's slow, so yeah. he's easily you know misled and taken advantage of. Yeah, we're not trying to say slow in like a negative way. It's no, no, no. I'm just the he best is. way we can d- describe. Yeah. Um, and basically he doesn't want to necessarily work for Fisk, but Fisk threatened to hurt Betsy if he did not. So Matt says, well, I'll tell you what, I don't work, I don't work for Fisk and I'm not going to hurt Betsy. And I want to take Fisk out and make sure that nobody can ever, people like him will never come after Betsy again. Yeah. So can you make me a suit? (laughs) No, he says, what do you, what do you want me to make you? He's like, I want you to make me a symbol. Yeah. We're getting into uh, not for nothing, but we're we're touching on some Batman turf here a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. 
But you I can, guess you can draw parallels between two characters. You certainly very can. Similar. I think it's in still, a lot of aspects. The only reason I say that is because maybe Batman Begins and all of its mantra um, is still kind of fresh in the in the, in the public consciousness. I guess. Yeah. So I'm widely like, yeah, some Batman stuff going on here, but that's okay because Daredevil. I I know I know Daredevil. I'm I'm OG Daredevil, yeah, so no, it's all fine. good. I don't think there's anything they're doing that falls outside of the realm of you know traditional Daredevil lore or not necessarily i don't yeah. know that the i mean yes to it, be honest yes with you, you can draw the parallels between daredevil and batman but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just because you know these are just how these two characters happen to develop but i mean in the context of the sh- of the movie or the show whatever because it's very realistic um they have to set up like why would this guy dress up in this devil outfit and yeah that's where the symbolism and all that comes in and you know i, I guess you do have to kind of put that in there in the comics i don't know that that connection honestly has ever really been established like why did matt decide well, if, devil? I, if i remember correctly because that was his father's nickname no it was battle well, jack no, it was battle jack they did the some, whole devil thing in the like, movie the first movie and it was, no it was, i remember it was reading some comics i think it might have been daredevil father that, that was post movie though so that's kind of revisionist yeah but it's still it's revisionist history i'm like yeah. you gotta you gotta things things are chronological retcons are dicey well, no, with me. in what was it i think it was in the comics like the kids mocked him and called him daredevil maybe when, that i could see that maybe and then I he think, turned it into a thing yeah. but here it's obviously much more it's bigger and badder and yeah because he's you know someone's nicknamed him the devil of, Hell, of Hell's right kitchen so and yeah Anyway, okay, yeah, I, I'm just saying I, I don't remember. I don't remember it being as uh, you know. I don't remember being quite as big a thing as to how he decided on the moniker yeah. in the comics. As they okay. kind of are, they're they're being very laser focused in the show as to like how he decided to go about being Daredevil. Yeah. Anyway, cut to Josie's. Yes. Drunk Foggy. Yes, my favorite Foggy. <laughs> I don't know, because Foggy seems kind of depressed drunk. Well, this time, yeah. But think about college. They were fun yeah, then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, fun old Counting Crows Foggy. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Jones and Foggy. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Jones. Okay, so Karen shows up. And we have, yet again, Karen. Look, look. Yeah. I have a silver bullet. And Foggy, even drunk, is like, no. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't work that way he's a minor is so long ago yeah can't prove it no one cares no one cares and karen kind of says like you you and matt kiss and make up yet and no personal yeah we see here that even still as mad as foggy is a Matt, he still maintains a certain level of loyalty to matt he does because even he won't give it up he won't give it up give up matt's secret which is good he's a good friend he is um now so that ends, and then Karen's walking out, and she calls Ben. And Ben, you know, kind of picks know. her up a little bit. A little bit. reassures her a bit. But here's what she doesn't does not know. Ben is going through some photos. Ben's looking. He's doing his homework. Ben, ben not quite as out as he would imply. Ben Yurick of the Daily Bugle is a good reporter. Shut up. It's the Daily Bugle. In our hearts, it is. Yes. <laughs> And he finds a photo of a storefront in Hell's Kitchen or somewhere, and in the window of the of the of the storefront is an old poster of old Fisk's dad, his campaign poster from his yep. failed uh, council run or whatever. Yeah, 
So, so uh, Ben Ben is not Ben's done. Kind of, Ben's getting pulled back in the game. Ben He's is putting things together. Nope, 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 nope. But Karen is kidnapped. Yes, Karen is taken. Got the old chloroform. Matt's going to have to call Wesley and tell him that he has a particular set of skills. Yes. <laughs> and all that. He will find her. He won't kill her. He won't kill her. <laughs> he doesn't kill. No. Uh, but she's I kidnapped. I will find you. I'll give you stern talking to you. <laughs> Possibly a beating. Plus, maybe a spanking. Yeah. Go from there. Yeah. Um, Karen is kidnapped by Wesley, and then they have a little chat. Yes. And we cut briefly before we get to that scene, which is the ending of the episode. We cut back to the hospital, and Fisk is at Vanessa's bedside. We get kind of Fisk's uh, little faith journey. A little bit. Through his life, if you will. And he's a faker. Yeah, he's just, he's like, but he's, he's not really a faker because he's, he knows what he believes in, that, which is essentially nothing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Quick scene. Quick scene. Oh, we're done. Um, so, Wesley puts a gun down on the table. Curious. Well, yeah, one can question the we, wisdom in that. We have a lot of info dump. Well, I don't want to call it info dump, yeah. but there's a whole, you know... It's it's almost a cliche. And this is the first time we could see Wesley kind of, I don't want to say Unhinged? cut loose, a little but bit. definitely less, you know, laser focused as yeah. he is around Fisk. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's like it's like Austin Powers, like, what, what do you, what do you, <laughs> I got a gun in my room. What are you feeding him? <laughs> I, can, I can go get it right now. Just shoot him. That'd be it. Yeah. Scott. No. You don't, you don't get, you just don't get it, do you? But to, it, to the show's credit. He does provide a reason why he doesn't just kill her. And yeah. he says, I don't want to just kill you. I want to offer you a job. I want to employ you. You're going to go to Ben Urich, because he knows that Ben Urich is also on the case here. Yeah. You're going to go to Ben Urich, and you're going to tell him to get off the case, and that Wilson Fisk is the best, is the super bestest friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> and then super you're going to go to... bestest guy ever. Yeah. Then you're going to go to Matt and, and Foggy, and you're going to tell them the same thing. He preached the gospel. He's, he's the gospel according to Fisk. It's all good news, baby. <laughs> Chicken in every pot. That's right. Um, there you go. And Wesley... Taco truck on every corner. Oh, God. Uh, if only we lived in that. I know. Thing. So, otherwise... If you don't do that, well... We're going to go Kaiser Soze on yeah, existence. Yeah, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to kill everyone around you. kill Yurik. Then we kill Madden Foggy. Yep. Then and your family. Your family and everyone you've ever loved or care about. Yep. And, and then, then, at the end, when you're done suffering... You have my permission to die. <laughs> when Karen Page is in ashes. <laughs> um, so he... Okay, that's that's the offer, and she basically says like, uh, "Just kill me." Yeah. Phone goes off. This is where oh, Wesley, you dummy. His phone goes off. Yeah. Fisk is calling him. Spoilers. See, okay, hold on. I know. I think I kind of know where you're going to go here with this because I had the same exact thought when I watched this scene, but then I thought about it a little more. Like his phone goes off, and he goes to answer the phone. I'm like, really? You're going to answer your phone now with yeah. all that going on? But given who Wesley is, yes. It was probably reflex. Possibly. It was just like, because if his phone goes off, it's very unlikely that's anyone but Fisk. Yeah, that's probably the Fisk phone. Fisk or business associates. So that is, that's like Pavlov's dog reaction. Yeah, that's right not there. the that's burner. Reflex. That's not the booty call phone. So yeah. That's the business phone. Yeah. Initially, I was like, really, you're going to answer your phone? You got, you know, we know what happens because of it. But so, yeah, 
fair enough. I'm sorry. Go. But in, 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 to be fair, Karen is slightly incapacitated. Not totally, but she's still kind of looped out she's from the still, chloroform. She's still groggy. So maybe, maybe Wesley thought she was groggier than she was. Yeah. In the split second of him reaching for his phone, she snatches the gun off the table and points it at him. Yeah. Now, Wesley does not even bat an eye. He's playing it cool. Wesley's playing his hand. He's got he's got a seven two offsuit to Karen's pair of aces right he's, now. He, he's cool as a cucumber, and he's playing it like he's got the whole board. Yeah, he's 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 cool. Doesn't right. doesn't even break a sweat. And he kind of remarks, "Do you really think I'd put a loaded gun on the table with within your reach?" Now he's playing it almost yeah. too cool. Yeah, and then and Karen, Karen remarks, "Do you think I've never shot somebody before?" I don't. I now we've we've had glimpses of Karen kind of hinting at her past before. This, this is, is kind of like the red flag, one. right? Yeah. Um, the phone goes off again, and Karen shoots him, not once, but several times. It's not that the phone goes off; it's that he stands up. Well, he, he goes tr- to make his move. He's about to. Yeah, doesn't get and very then far. Karen just pulls the trigger till it goes. Click. Yeah, she more or less unloads a clip on the guy. Yeah. And that... Phone keeps ringing. Phone keeps ringing. Wesley keeps dying. Wesley's dead, man. And she runs oh, away. Oh, man, shot Wesley in the face. <laughs> she didn't shoot him in the face. <laughs> shot pretty much everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So, no uh, miracles here, like with Jules and Vincent here. Yeah, the, no, the, no, the, no. These no, bullets no. Yep. these bullets made contact. Yep. Um. See the size of that gun she fired at him? It was that, bigger than her. It was not as big as... <laughs> I thought you were being like making serious commentary there. But no. <laughs> Another Pulp Fiction reference. Okay. I can keep going. No, that's fine. All right, so that is episode 11. Boom. We got two episodes left. Two. In this first season. Any thought? Any parting thoughts on this episode? Um, <clears throat> This was kind of a... Uh, it was a good episode, long episode, longer. This one, yeah, this one clocked that. in a few minutes longer than the other yeah. ones. Um, I won't. I wouldn't say there's any like major revelations in this episode. There's just kind of a lot of. Uh, I don't want. It's not fluff, but there's a lot of um, connecting going on in this episode, more yeah. so than big moments. It's kind of like okay, we had a the last episode, things went down. Now we have to kind of get everyone in a new position to kind of get to our finale. So this is kind of putting the pieces on the board to lead up to the finale. Yeah. So it's a good episode. Just it's just not a landmark episode, but cool stuff happens in it. Obviously, yeah. Like, I mean the whole the whole Melvin Potter scene is just totally, totally incredible. It's, yeah, for 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 fans of the comic and the past and the comics history, it's just one of those scenes that you love to watch over and over. And then obviously the ending of the episode is fairly shocking. Like, yeah, Wesley getting killed by Karen is like, whoa, okay, go. this is happening now. So yeah. Yep. There you go. All righty. So, dear listeners, if you have any comments on this week's episode of Daredevil or of our show, or if you have any questions that you'd like to have or comments in general, please contact us. We will communicate with you. You can contact us at the following sources. A dog whacking its tail on a guitar case. That's, that's what's that's, happening right that's now. That's that sound. <laughs> Um, you can follow us at Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can search Facebook for the Devil's Do or go to Devil's Do or Facebook dot com slash the Devil's Do 
or you can email us, which has been surprisingly active, and we definitely still encourage the email. Sure. At thedevilsdopod at gmail.com. Folks, again, thank you so much for following the show, supporting the show. Uh, help us get the word out on the show. Share our new episode posts. Get them out there. We appreciate it. The show's starting to pick up a little momentum. We're really excited about that. Uh, we hope to have a website proper up for you soon, and we'll communicate that to you as soon as we do. Other than that, I don't think we really have anything else on the docket, so I'm going to simply say court's adjourned. Put me back in the fridge. What are you doing? What are you doing? We had an agreement. Manny demands it. That's for you, Manny. What movie is that from? Demolition Man. (laughs) Courts (laughs) adjourned.